This is Marco, and you are listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. of the Yellow Airport. I'm your host Stefan Butzko and I'm joined by three guys for this show where we will talk about the Super Cup that Borussia Dortmund could not win and uh, whether Usman Dembele will stay or go in the hope that yeah, the uh, news about that won't be released before the show will be released. So with any further ado, by my side once again Matthias Zug. Hello Matthias, welcome to the show. Uh, hello, Stefan. Hopefully uh, the thunderstorms <laughs> will wait a little bit longer this week and I can stick around a little bit longer this time. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, uh, is it sunny outside in Colorado? Well, it's the afternoon now where we're recording this and uh, this time of year afternoon we always have thunderstorms, so fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, so a little disclaimer in case Matthias is uh, Mysteriously absent, that's because uh, thunderstorms and lightning. But uh, in case Matthias gets blown away, I have backup here, Luca Gil. Hello, Hello Luca. Stefan. It's it's been a while. Yeah, I was going to say, nice nice to be back. Yeah, Luca Gil from Berlin. For for the younger listeners, <laughs> and and also here Konstantin Eknaf from Spielverlagerung. Hello, Konstantin. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Fine. Um, considering the news that will drop basically in a few moments, I guess. <laughs> well, there is no ad hoc news yet, which is uh, what we will get once Barcelona make an offer for Usman Dembele because Borussia Dortmund, since they are a stock company, of course, have to uh, yeah go along with stock market rules and that means they will have to issue a very quick uh, yeah news otherwise uh, they could be punished for insider trading maybe so um yeah if barcelona or any other club makes a high offer for any dortmund player you will know immediately so um yeah matthias you can keep an eye on any news that might pop up in the meantime um, sure what are your two cents on the super cup my two cents on the Super Cup? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I tweeted out my uh, my takeaways right right after it ended. Uh, one, Zagadou is not a left back. I know we'll get back into that. Uh, the Dortmund press actually impressed me uh, for, for most of the match. Um, Vidal is still a prick. And somehow Bayern still get lucky and win again. Um so, no, overall, I actually was uh, positively surprised by Dortmund's performance, uh, barring about yeah, 25 to 30 minutes in the first half. But other than that, I thought they were, if not on par, maybe slightly better uh, as a cohesive unit. Um, overall, I was, I was quite impressed. It's unlucky at the end. 
that what happened happened. Uh, Paslak hopefully won't try to uh, shoulder block uh, Kimmich ever again. Uh, it was actually kind of funny. You know, I mean, the American in me who, who does like American football, uh, you know, I mean, that, that was, that was quite the shoulder charge. So, uh, hopefully he won't do that again. But other than that, no, actually, aside from not winning it, uh, actually, it was entertaining and I was positive. Yeah. I, I would agree to a certain extent, if I may have my own little recap. I, I think the first, 12 to 50 minutes Dortmund managed to overwhelm Bayern a little bit with their pressing but then Bayern got a grip on the game created more chances and I, I would say after 15 minutes of the game the quality overall took a big nosedive and I felt like it was a very very chewy and not re really enjoyable second half I thought throughout almost the entire second half Dortmund were the better team especially after the 65th 70th minute I think Bayern Yeah, they really ran out of steam, which was interesting to see how uh, Dortmund, who pressed way more than Bayern, still had much more stamina left. Meanwhile, Bayern yeah, looked, uh, looked a bit fatigued. You never know, of course, b because it's still a preseason game, uh, yeah, how much they trained beforehand and uh, on what kind of levels they are. But nevertheless, I, I found that interesting because uh, yeah, in two weeks' time, Uh, yeah, there are three points on the line, or no, just one week, one and a half. And uh, if Bayern are not fully fit, Bayer Leverkusen actually may, may smell blood, but yeah, that's a, that's a long shot still. Uh, Luca, do you agree with my assessment and uh, what are your thoughts so far? Yeah, I was also positively surprised, especially after seeing the friendlies, um, which were pretty bad overall. Uh, only the game against AC Milan was somewhat good um, and that game looked like Milan were totally out of shape and didn't really care about anything what was going on yeah they didn't even have their strongest lineup out in that yeah, game that as well that as well um, I still see some problems in possession uh, the the spacing isn't great the the spaces between Nourishain and the fullbacks for example are way too big and they can't really advance the play through the middle but You know, uh, last season uh, Tuchel lost his first game against Bayern, not the Super Cup, but the first game against Bayern, like 5-1. So, yeah, it's still Bayern, although they aren't that great or they don't look that great yet. Um, overall, I was pretty happy with the performance. Obviously, would have liked them to win just for a little confidence boof, uh, boost, um, but yeah, shit happens. That, that sounds all very positive, but I am yet to ask Konstantin. And Konstantin, we have talked a little bit about Borussia Dortmund uh, maybe neglecting their possession game a little bit. And uh, you told me that uh, Capellas and Bosch basically uh, yeah, made the possession game great at, what was it, Heracles? Vitesse. Vitesse, exactly. Yeah. And... Um, When you ask players in the mixed zone what the coach makes differently, and yeah, it, you always get the answer that they talk about the gig pressing, which of course must be a big point of focus because gig pressing either is perfect or not working. So, Constantine, question to you: Do you think that Dortmund right now, because they put so much focus on on gig pressing and getting that part right, that their possession game suffers a lot? 
Yes and no. I mean, just to clarify, uh, when Capellas and Bosch worked for Vitesse, it was possession football was their focus. It wasn't great back then, but uh, considering the team they had, the players they had, um, it was ambitious at least, um, which is right now a little bit confusing um, to me at least that um, they don't really focus on possession football and build-up plays um and yeah right uh when you watch the first 15 or 20 minutes of the match uh, against Bayern, um it became really clear that um especially dahoud and Castro, the both uh, center midfielders who who weren't sitting um that these two were really important uh, for the counter pressing because uh when dortmund lost possession up front somewhere maybe dembele um lost the ball then uh, Castor and uh, Dahoud came into play. Um, they they did move up very fast and pressured Bayern, who weren't really uh, I know I don't know in shape. I know, which is really reluctant at least uh, throughout the first thirty minutes or so. And later they ran out of steam, as you already mentioned. Um, so yeah, high position, especially uh, Dahoud's high positioning was uh, favorable. F- to the counter pressing, but of course it wasn't uh, to the build up play where Shine was the only was the lone center midfielder, lone playmaker in front of the back line, um, which is something that won't work out at least against Bayern and it won't work out against a few other teams in the Bundesliga or maybe against most of the teams in Bundesliga because most of the teams now can play or can execute a fairly decent four four two defensively. Um, so yeah, it it suffered a bit. Um, and and even when when Dahoud picked up the ball deep, um, it didn't really work. You know, there was uh, there was Dembele, he could, uh, um, you know, get involved. But other than that, it wasn't really there. There weren't any options for uh, Dahoud uh, when he picked up the ball deep. So um, yeah, overall, it was an underwhelming performance as far as the build-up play uh, went. Um, but of course, as you mentioned, pressing, counter pressing looked decent or even, you know, promising. Um, and Bayern were just, especially in the first 30 minutes or so, I think Dortmund controlled the match through intensity, uh, basically through intensity and through a fairly sophisticated uh, counter pressing. So, um, but later when Bayern, you know, got a grip of the match. Ah, well, uh, you could see that, that Dortmund uh, gets still overwhelmed by a team like Bayern. And uh, luckily, Bayern just, you know, they they were with low batteries um, after 60 or 65 minutes. So that was, um, that was luck, lucky for Dortmund, but that's, that's it. Yeah, speaking of lucky, Matthias, um, I read a lot of complaints about Dortmund's high line throughout the entire game and people basically being very scared that they are going to be punished for it. And it uh, happened when uh, Sebastian Rudi, I think, released Joshua Kimmich on the right side. And uh, there was, of course, this big question mark about the VAR because it led to a goal and hence it was reviewed whether Kimmich was offside or not offside. That's maybe a thing we can get into later. For all I know, it was onside, but... You know, I I don't really care because you know it's 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 a discussion in itself. But Matthias, do you think uh, that Dortmund should maintain that high line throughout the entire season, or would you uh, prefer Bosch and and Dortmund to mix things up a little in in that regard? 
Well, I guess it depends on against who you're playing. I mean, to maintain the press as well as they did over a larger stretch of the match against a team of quality of Bayern, you, you kind of have to do that to not leave too many gaps in between. Now, the reason why that looked so bad in a couple of instances, uh, and that one in particular, is because you have an 18-year-old, not super fast center back filling in at left back, because that's that's really where the the gap was left, uh, even though they say the offsides from Kimmich was lifted, I, can't, I think it was Pischek, actually, on the right, uh, who did it. Uh, who did not look great, in my opinion. But that being said, I think when you have Schmelza or Guerrero playing there at left back and you get the automatisms uh -huh, going in defense, uh, you won't see those kind of issues coming that often. And here in the U.S., uh, you know, we watch it on, on Fox, actually on the main Fox, and they had American commentators, Stu Holden and so on. And... um you know, they were saying, oh, you know, Dortmund get lucky there and got lucky there with Bayern being offside. Well, maybe it was also the fact that when you watched it, they, they were actually stepping forward and using an offside trap. And, you know, that's not necessarily luck. It's a calculated risk and a certain level of skill. And it worked more often than it did not, especially yeah, given how early. I know. Yeah. And given how early it really is in the sense that this is a preseason match. I, I don't have a problem with it. I th It will only get better over time. So I say, go for it. Stick with it. Now, obviously, there are teams where he's going to have to rethink that. I'm thinking specifically of a team like Frankfurt, who like teams to come and press them like that because then they can exploit the spaces behind them for long ball counterattacks. So he, he'll have to adjust a little bit for that. Um, but I don't. Uh, I, I think he'll do fine. I, I think he'll adjust for that. Um, and no, I, I actually didn't see it as a problem at all. All right, cool. Um, Luca, any particular players you want to highlight in a good or a bad way? Um, that's a tough one. Uh, Pulisic or Pulisic, like he like, likes to be called, um, looked pretty good to me. Probably the, best of the offensive players I would say um, Sebastian Rode looked good after coming on even with the ball not only against the ball and uh, yeah like Matthias said Sagadu isn't a left back but I think he'll he can be or can become a really good center back um, other than that not really anything too special or too bad in this game All right, yeah, maybe maybe a special mention to Roman Birki. And I think, as uh, Matthias already said, I was not impressed at all with Lukas Piszczek. Now, people who read my ESPN ratings know that I haven't been his biggest fan in the entire last season just because I always had a gripe with him and his build-up play and his decision-making. Although, of course, he has a lot of experience. I always feel like he is... Uh, Or his form is deteriorating. Constantine, uh, if I'm right, and Pischek is really not doing so well this season either, uh, especially with his builder plan, especially keeping in mind that Bosch puts a lot of focus on his fullbacks in builder play. Is there any chance Dortmund might still, 
yeah, look out for a right back, or do you think it's going to be either Paslak or Dormu or whoever else can play on that position to fill in for Piszczek if he's maybe, maybe. Yeah, not up to speed? Um, well, it's it's actually funny because I rewatched the match and one of my bullet points was too many long balls from Dortmund's right side. So I basically agree with your judgment. And and I don't think that they will sign another right back just because there aren't many available. Although there's one guy, I think, playing still for Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Bosch didn't, knows, didn't... knows him. Didn't he just extend his contract though? Well, well, well. That's that's football in 2017. Who cares? I mean, who cares about contracts? It's only about money. So, so I I, I just read an article in the Economist, and they said that uh, most of the uh, transfer negotiations are going through WhatsApp. So I think Watzke uh, should send some Ajax guy a WhatsApp message now. No, uh, just kidding. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I Feldman would be great. Um, uh, but the market for um, white bags, it's it's really non-existent right now. Um, there are a few, but they are locked up by top-tier clubs. So, I mean, if you could get uh, Feldman, it would be great. But um, if that's not possible, then I don't know who, who, could, who could be signed. I mean, Henrichs, for instance, but I don't think Leverkusen will sell him. Um, Toyan, maybe, but I I don't think Toyan will will uh, solve your problems as far as the build up goes. The thing is that Toyan is one as a guy who should move up early uh, and then um, receive the ball after after a few passes uh, at the back. Um, so he's he's your runner. Um, I don't think he's your build up right back. So uh, so basically he's he's just a better version of I don't know Eric Dorm. But no, that undersells him actually. Um, well, yeah, no, I don't think they will sign number. What about uh, Pereira from Porto? Well, that would be actually uh, yeah, a, in interesting. Twenty-five million buyout clause, I think. Yeah, and and, and 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 as we know, Dortmund will sit on a shitload of money in a few minutes or a few hours or a few days. Um, so who who cares about buyout clauses? Uh, it's just Dortmund is a bank; they can. And they love triggering buyout clauses, as uh, Michel Zorc reveals. Otherwise, for example, the uh, transfer of uh, Mahmoud Dahoud would have not been possible as there have been other pristine suitors for Dahoud in the market. So, uh, No, just to come back to your point, I uh, didn't want to interrupt you. Um, just, I see the problem, right? I mean, yeah, um, you, of course you got two, at least one left back who will be back, uh, I don't know, in November or so, who is a great build-up player in uh, Rafa Guerrero. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just, it's, it's a little bit, um, thin when you want a, a, a fullback that's, you know, capable in a build-up play. I mean, and when you, when you watched, uh, the match against Bayern, the problem is that you got Shine as a lone center midfielder, uh, and in a few weeks or months, it will be, uh, Julian Weiger as a, a lone center midfielder. It's not like he will solve, uh, all the problems. Um, so you have to play to the fullbacks in the, in the current shape. Um, and when then you get isolated so easily uh, near the touchline, that's it doesn't work out against uh, many teams, and, and 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 it doesn't even matter if it's Sagadu or um, Paslak or Eric Dorm or Piszczek. I mean, they all they will all struggle in the current setting. Yeah, I mean, I saw it quite well from the press stand that Bayern basically just 
applied a very simple 4-4-2 shape and yeah, more or less nullified Dortmund's build-up completely. There was, there was, yeah, from a Dortmund perspective, that was horrible to see that uh, at this point in the season and uh, looking back at what Dortmund were capable of uh, in the Super Cup in 2016, you know, it looked like someone, yeah, hit the reset button on the build-up play and uh, the positioning and everything was a bit AWOL and uh, you can see that the uh, distances between the players are not really uh, yeah, adding up so that they could combine and you don't see enough triangles building up either. So um, a lot of things to worry about. Matthias, um, I think going forward in the league match, Dan Axel Zagadou might not be the best Solution. I think we have uh, discussed that by now. Um, if Masic Metzer still is not fit to play against Wolfsburg, which might be, although he entered team training today, I'm I'm not sure how long he actually needs to recover from that injury. Uh, what would you think about Jan Niklas Beste? Because one of the criticisms about Zagadou, as uh, <coughs> Luca mentioned, is that he does not move inside <laughs> when uh, when Dortmund are in position. Beste against Airfoot, I think it was, did exactly that. So do you think that he might be an option going forward that uh, Bosch picks? Well, yeah. I mean, when Airfoot gets promoted, sure. Um, I Honestly, I, I can't I can't tell you that. I I haven't really seen enough of Besta to, to make that judgment. I know Bosch was asked about Besta and Besta playing more because he looked good in in some of the preseason matches, uh, friendlies, but I don't know if best is the, the right choice there either. I mean, I know Paslak didn't look great for the few minutes that he, that he was put out there. And of course he caused the uh, free kick, which led to the equalizer. I would much rather have someone like him is out there, um, than Besta who, I mean, granted it's against, uh, you know, both books. So never mind. I was going to say against good quality opposition. Um, uh, so you're on, you're on fire. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a, well, it's both book with Yonka. So, uh, I just, it, it's hard. You know, I, let's just hope Schmidt's eyes is fit and can play. Uh, I can't comment on Besta in that sense. Cause I haven't seen enough of him against actual real good quality opposition. All right, no solutions, only hopes and dreams on this podcast. Should I add a bit to best? I've seen him a few times. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the last time uh, I've seen him play for the under-19s. Uh, no, that's not true. But one of the times I've seen him play for the under-19s last season was against Barcelona, and he got destroyed by uh, Ambula, uh, who, is now, who now went to Monaco, and best, uh, yeah... Yeah, had no chance basically against him, and I've seen a few of those games against the big um, clubs in the under nineteen and even under seventeen Bundesliga, uh, like Schalke, and even in the uh, yeah you know playoff rounds, he struggled when he had to play really good wingers on this level. Of course, he's older now, but he still struggled against Mbula last season, although he's pretty good. Uh, but I think he would struggle a lot on the Bundesliga level defensively. Offensively, he's quite good, uh, really fast, but defensively, he's not there yet. 
Well, I wouldn't simply not. I would simply not play him because uh, even against Erfurt and all the other friendlies, although he played well over ninety minutes, there were always one or two horrendous passes into the midfield right onto the feet of an opponent. And I'm pretty sure under more competitive circumstances, the same would be the case. And I'm pretty sure a team like Wolfsburg, even though Matthias does not rate them, <laughs> could still easily take advantage of that. So, um, yeah, as Matthias said, there is right now, I think, just not the perfect solution here. And, and, and we are turning in a circle, more or less. So, um, Konstantin, unless you want to say anything about Alexander Isak and his four... And first preseason goals, which were quite impressive, but also against Erfurt, then we can move on to Usman Dembele. But please have a comment on our young Swede. Uh, no comment. Great. Matthias, then? It was nice. I, I think he uh, <laughs> needed it for his self-confidence. Uh, you know, get some game time out there, score some goals, show that he has a bit of skill, because uh, he will be called upon. I I do believe he'll be called upon at some point in the season to come in and play, because Obama Young will need a rest, or you know, heaven forbid, he actually has to miss a few matches. Um, you know, I think Maximilian and Philip may be then more the starter than than him at this point, but uh. I think it was good for him. I'm encouraged by what I saw and we'll see how he continues to develop. He's still, he's skillful. My concern with him is he doesn't seem like the most um, strong striker. Like physically, he still needs to develop a lot, in my opinion. Well, not everyone can be Zagadu, okay? All right, then. Um <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that choke died. Yeah. A slow death of a diet. Yeah, it's it's okay. Uh, Zagaru also not the fastest. So, um, yeah, Usman Dembele right now dominating the headlines uh, and the Twitter discussions, <laughs> most certainly. So, I don't know who first to pick. I guess I go with Luca because he hasn't uh, said a thing in a while. So, <laughs> Luca, what is your opinion on uh, Usman Dembele maybe joining Barcelona? And the question is, should Borussia Dortmund sell him for, let's say, 120 million, uh, given that his contract will run out in 2021? Yeah, I think that's all a question of uh, how you evaluate the risks uh, concerning a transfer and concerning new signings and all that, because... Uh, there just there's just a lot of stuff to consider basically um what what comes out of Dortmund basically is that he didn't behave so well well since Barcelona told him that he is basically their first choice to replace Neymar so he doesn't uh yeah what's, he's not a nice guy apparently how, how did he misbehave uh i don't, i didn't hear anything specific but you know some people You, that this, those are always rumors, but some people close closer to the club than I am say he's not. He's just they basically just said he's misbehaving. I don't know what it even means. Um, I don't think that would be too bad because he still has to play good in a in a World Cup year for himself, and he just he would just hurt himself if he doesn't perform well. What he does off the pitch, I don't know if that would really hurt the team too much. Um, and then. You have the risk 
with a new coach, it's already a bit tougher, I would say, to make the Champions League spots this season. I think we should still do it, of course, but I think it's tougher than it would have been if uh, yeah, Tuchel had stayed and everything would be fine between him and, him and the players, but yeah, that wasn't the case. Um, but there are some... It, I mean, it was close last season to make the direct spots. This season, obviously, we would only have to finish fourth, but there are still some good teams in the league and some teams who don't have to play in Europe and have an, have an advantage over us. And losing Dembele... I think it would make it a lot tougher to finish easily in the top four. And I mean, some te- some fans, and I think rightfully so, uh, had a little dream or a little pipe dream that might this season might be the one we can challenge Bayern because they struggle. And if Dembele is uh, yeah now allowed to leave, then that dream is basically dead. I would say. Um, then the other side, obviously, is that obviously it's a risk that Dembele might get injured and then next season we wouldn't get a big fee like that and, yeah, his career might might die down or something. But you, that's a risk that's always there. Even if we sign new players, they might get injured or they might just not fit uh, the team. Or and flop. I think <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what I, yeah, they or, might they get, just, or they get hit by a bus, you know. I mean. Or whatever, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think... The risk of with new players is way bigger than the risk with players you know um, and you you have in your team and you know they have settled down, although he might not be happy right now. Um, and then there's the argument that some people say we can't turn down 120 million. And I just ask myself, why? I mean, we never planned with that money um, for this season. The club is healthy financially. They have no need to you know, take in that kind of money. They won't get all this money for themselves because Lekeep, uh, uh, I think, and Runerichten said uh, Ren get 25% of it and there are a few others who will probably get some money of it. So if we are, if we are generous, they might end up with like 70 million, 80 million or something. And then you still have to buy another player. Um, I don't think they should go into the season with the guys we have right now. And I just think the risk in the end is that we are, we have about as much money as we have now because we have to reinvest some money and that our squad is worse than it is now because we are obviously losing Usman Dembele. And there is, I'm convinced there isn't a player as good as Usman Dembele who would join Borussia Dortmund because there are really, really few players in the world who are as good as Usman Dembele and they um, are too big for Borussia Dortmund. So... I would say don't sell him, but obviously I don't know everything our club bosses know, and maybe there there are good reasons to sell him. But in my opinion, it would be a bad decision. Matthias, in your opinion, would you take the hundred twenty million, and why or why not? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, I'd take the hundred twenty million uh, or the eighty five million, as it'll probably end up, uh, like Luca just said. And there are a few reasons for it. One, um, uh, you know, I still have PTSD from the, the, the mid 2000s, uh, when, when we were close to being broke and gone. And I know we're far removed from that, but you know, just in case, um, you can invest it back into the squad. No, you can't get a like for like replacement. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, 
but you could possibly get a type of player like a Julian Brandt or somebody like that, um, who I think would be very, very good. Uh, he's not Usman Dembele, but very few people are just because of his unexpected moments. Uh, when he gets the ball. I mean, that's the thing that makes a Neymar or even a Messi special are those unexpected moments uh, that that he can have to get past a guy, get a cross in, and bam, there's there's your goal. Um, but I would take the money and sell the player for a few reasons. One, I'm not a fan of keeping people around who don't want to stay around. Um, I, I believe in the mantra of don't let the door hit you on on the ass on the way out. Uh, If you really want to leave and you're starting to be kind of a prick about it, then go. I'll take the money, I'll find other players, and I'll keep the squad harmony. Uh, The other thing is other players could look at it and go, well, you know, why won't they let him go? What, What chance do I have? And more importantly, if they're looking at buying other young players, this is actually in a weird roundabout way a great form of advertising for young players to come to Dortmund because they are giving an, given an environment where they can exceed and excel uh, as Dembele did or fail like Moa did. Cause to me, Moa is a failure. Um, but then they can move on to that next echelon hire of a club. And unlike what Deutsche Welle Sport tweeted out, um, where they said Dortmund is not, it will never be a big club. Dortmund is a big club, but there are a handful of super monster mega clubs. And I mean just a handful that are just above Dortmund and Barcelona are obviously one of them. And so I would take it from, for all of those reasons. Uh, and I still think that there are areas where we need to strengthen the squad. And this can definitely help in that regard. And I think we do have, even though we don't have another Dembele, we do have, I don't know if glut is the right word, but we have a good amount of attacking creative flair players to choose from. And there are other parts in the squad where we may be a little bit thin right now. Yeah, Christian Pulisic, Shinji Kagawa, maybe Mario Götze, Marco Reus. And so on and so forth. So there are a couple of players that spring to mind that, of course, can make the difference. However, um, more often than not, especially in the last third of the season, Usman Dembele made the difference for Borussia Dortmund a lot of times, uh, especially in the DFB Pokal, I think, in the semi-final and the final. Also, Dortmund would have not lifted the trophy or progressed if uh, it wasn't for him. So, Konstantin, a big pillar of the discussion whether Dortmund should sell him or keep him is uh, ambition and whether Borussia Dortmund are a bank and just want the money or whether they keep him around to uh, yeah try their best in sporting success because as I think Lewis Ambrose for example pointed out time and time again on Twitter um, it would be a somewhat odd transfer considering Dortmund usually only sell their players if they have to because they are either yeah running out of a contract or only have one year left and um, have to make some money. In this case, of course, there are still four more years. So how do you see it? And uh, would Dortmund basically slap their fans in the face if they sell Dembele because they, yeah, give out yeah. a sign of lack of ambition? All right. Um, the thing here is that I, I mean, it's like reality hits you right in the face. 
Um, when Dortmund signed Ousmane Dembele, uh, there were already rumors, or maybe he even said it in, this, in an interview or made a statement somewhere sometime, um, that Barcelona is his dream club and he would really he he really wants to play there someday. Um, so I mean, the end game for him and even for Dortmund was always that yeah he will be at Dortmund will perform well if everything goes well and and then he will move on and probably play for Barcelona or if it's not Barcelona it's it's uh, you know Manchester City or so. Um, so I mean, the end game is there right now. That's the problem. Like the timeline is really shortened. Um, as opposed to like you know you have uh, Dembélé for three years and then you sell him, um, which is of course which was triggered by uh, PSG um, buying Neymar and all the madness that's going on right now. Um, I I think that it will. I mean I see Matthias' point um, that it's great advertising for young talents, um, you know Dembélé like talents um, in the league on in the Serie A and and Eredivisie and so on and so on. But for Dortmund as a club, it will hurt their reputation um, badly because um, Dembélé is not, not just one guy in, in the attacking department. He's the guy in the attacking department right now. Without him, Aubameyang will struggle. Without him, um, Dahoud will struggle because Dembélé is his go-to guy. Pulisic will struggle because he, he can't hide anymore. Um, when you know uh, defenders will focus on him, um, Maxi Philip will be you know just thrown out there, and he has to perform right now, um, which is not the best way to introduce him. Um, so I mean, Royce is hurt again; he's injured. He's I don't know when he will come back. Maybe this is this season's basically over for him. No, it's not over, but I mean, he will come back in January. Then he will he needs time and and so on. So so Royce is a, is a non-factor right now. Um, so, I mean, selling them, if, if you would sell, let's say, Julian Weigel right now, okay, you still have, have Nuri Shaheen, and you still got, uh, Castro and, and, uh, um, Dahoud, still three capable players who could, you know, replace him, but there isn't a replacement for Dembele right now, it, there isn't any, it's just, yeah, that's the problem, Dembele is so important f- uh, for Dortmund's attacking game, or for just the entire structure, technically, um, that I actually you can't sell him if if if, if we're being honest you can't. It's just you know it's it's like I mean Barcelona was put in a situation where they had or it, it's it was out of their hands. I mean it was because of a release clause and the entire system in in Spain. But Dortmund could decide to keep him and he should keep him actually, um, uh, because he's too important. It's not like one guy out of three or so in in in, in the midfield where we could sell him. It, it hurts you. It hurts you, but it doesn't destroy you. I think selling uh, Dembele would destroy Dortmund's season. Destroy means they will finish. I don't know fifth or so. Um, because uh, right now the build-up play doesn't look too good, which means you you have to rely on individual quality and the best you know attacking player. I um is Dembele right now. And he's, you know, if you can't um, out, you know, outsmart your opponents, you have to outplay them. And the guy who outplays your opponents is Usman Dembele. So, um, sorry, but without, you know, injured worries and everything, considering all the factors, actually, you can't sell him. It's just, um, and as uh, Luca mentioned, he, of course, he will will be mad and whatever, uh, but he won't uh, perform, you know, 
uh, like mediocre because there's uh, the World Cup next year uh, and because he's still a young guy who still knows that um, there will be a point in his career where he could go to Barcelona or Real Madrid or Manchester City. Um, but right now, it's not it's not the time actually to sell him. It's just, but they will probably. So who cares? Who knows? Well, I actually I'm not entirely sure if they will sell him because uh, Watzgen Sorg said many things that would contradict selling him because they said that uh, yeah they don't really have the time to find a replacement and uh, that they want to uh, yeah put their sporting ambitions and their targets first and uh, everything else second and I think if you now sell them as you just said Konstantin uh, you basically bombard these ambitions so I don't think I personally don't think that it makes too much sense I other than Matthias, don't really care if he wants to leave or not. I, I think at, at this age, you know, he can uh, yeah cry it off. And uh, after a match day or so, I think he'll have his head back in the game. So um, I don't really, I don't really care too much about that. But I guess that's just personal taste. And I also do believe that Dortmund are not forced to sell him right now because I still think there's going to be a very good market for Dembele come next year, especially if he uh, gradually improves as he has been doing last year, although the second season always is a little bit harder for any player because uh, yeah, teams will focus a little bit more on him. But 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 even then, I personally still think that uh, Dembele will improve and yeah, Dortmund can still get 100 million or 120 million for him next year. And even if it's 20 million less, I still think uh, that combined with them probably uh yeah fulfilling their ambitions uh, is worth more than yeah selling him now and i as as i already asked constantino i actually do believe it's it's a statement of borussia dortmund of an of intent that they want to fulfill their sporting ambitions and not just be a bank because that's what you in the end are if you sell the money i don't know if anyone wants to uh say otherwise matthias you can Please do that. I, but. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would rather have him than not have him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I fully understand that. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's not like I'm like, oh, God, just get rid of him. You know, Jonathan Harding was right. He's a YouTube footballer, and that's it. Um, no. I, obviously, Dortmund are better with him than without him. That is not a question. Um, I, you know, it's... I, I have... I think it would be so. I think it would be amazing if Barcelona neither get Dembele nor Felipe Coutinho. I think that that would be absolutely fantastic um, because it it kind of puts these clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG, Man City. You know the ones that have a lot of money for multiple dubious reasons. Uh, kind of puts them in their place and say, you know, you're just not going to bully us around. Um, and for that reason alone, I would absolutely love it. That's why I kind of, part of me actually enjoyed Neymar leaving Barcelona to go to PSG because, you know, uh, it, it just kind of shows Barcelona, you know, you, you may not be as big as you think you are. So, no, I'd, I'd rather have him than not have him, but I can understand the reasons if, uh, Dortmund would decide to sell him. I would understand it. I don't think it would torpedo our season. I still 
believe Dortmund will finish second or third. Um, I think with him, there's even a chance of more than second or third. Yeah, but that uh, exactly is the sporting ambitions, right? I, I wouldn't say Dortmund keep them billion, they will definitely win the championship. But it's about increasing the likelihood, right? The probability. Or no, I, I I agree with that. But it, I can also see arguments for selling him. And that's why I said, you know, I, I would take the $120 million, um, depending on if there are other factors. You know, I mean, if you don't have a replacement, if you can't get someone like, I mean, just Someone like a, a Julian Brandt, just throwing a name out there because I said him before, who plays in an equal similar position, though he's not quite the same as Dembele. If you can't get someone like him, no, then don't sell him. Uh, if you can, I I consider it. Yeah, here's but, the thing. But, Sorry. Um, Dortmund. But, <laughs> yeah, you go. <laughs> I, I go. <laughs> Dortmund have set the deadline on uh, the transfer window of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Just because the argument was basically the uh, lack of a contingency plan. And I have a feeling that it will be the same with Dembele. And I'm pretty sure that uh, getting all the money and then not buying a replacement is uh, out of the question. Because then you basically have to pay all the tax on it and you lose even more money. So you have to reinvest it one way or another. And I don't know if Dortmund can line up a replacement for Dembele who they see fit to actually have instantly uh, yeah in in quick enough time let's not forget the season basically starts in one and a half weeks so i think that is my argument why dortmund in the end will actually not sell dembele might go otherwise because i'm pretty sure dembele and barcelona have an agreement but i think in the end dortmund will say no I've been wrong before and I might be wrong again, but that's just my opinion right now. Maybe other people know more. Who knows? Anyway, Luca, <laughs> you yeah. go ahead and say your thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I totally get that there are good reasons to maybe sell Dembele. And um, like I said, it's all about how you evaluate the risks of either of either decision, basically. Um, and maybe there are some clauses we don't know about. I mean, Football League showed us that there's weird stuff going on. Maybe if we um, turn down an offer f of about 120 million or something, we have to pay out certain people or something like that. Maybe Dortmund don't really even have a choice, you know. But um, just looking at it from the outside, um, I think um, if Dortmund sell him, and like we said, they end up with like 80 million or something like that, they would have to... Um, and they buy Brandt and he would cost maybe 60 million or so they have 20 million in the bank and I mean I get what you say, said Matthias the old times are still haunting us basically but those 20 million we have more in the bank and there are still taxes on it on, that won't change that much for us and um, I do think we'll, we'll still make the top 4 without Dembele but it is risky or riskier to miss the top four without them. I still think think we make it, but the chances are bigger that we won't. And uh, not making Champions League would be way, way worse financially than not uh, selling Dembele, basically, because the club and all the structures are, are basically built around making Champions League and growing um, and the image is growing and all that. And that's also a soft factor around Dembele. I mean, 
I, I, I don't want to say fans go to the stadium because of him, because fans go to the stadium, stadium anyway in Dortmund. But fans around the world watch Borussia Dortmund also because of a player like Dembele. And they might fall in love with the club and follow the club. And that's that's a huge soft factor. And all those things considered, just looking from it on it from the outside, I just think it would be wouldn't be a good decision. So if I can throw an argument in here, okay? Sure. Since obviously I'm I'm on an island right now. I'm I'm on the island of misfit toys. Uh, and talk about a, a, a real-world example of my other footballing love, Tottenham. Okay? Come here. Me? No? Uh, <laughs> come here. Come here, Matthias. Sorry, come closer. Tell, tell, yes. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell us what you That's think. Whis you, you whisper something in my well. ears. <laughs> go, go ahead. I think I, I, I mute my microphone, but apparently it has no... <laughs> right, because my girlfriend and I are Come trying here. to order a pizza <laughs> in the background. Sure, so sure. You, you guys mute it. Mute. Just, just mute, Stefan. All please. right. Can you still hear me? No. Um, <laughs> but a real world example from from Tottenham a few years ago when they sold Gareth Bale, who, in my opinion, is one of the three or four best players in the world, um, without a doubt. And they sold him for what at the time was a record. It was a hundred million. And, uh, he undoubt, his loss undoubtedly made Spurs worse. There's no question about it. But through the reinvestment of the money, they brought through some players like Christian Eriksen, uh, Musa Dembele, uh, Eric Lamella as an example. Yes, they also had Polinho, but we don't talk about that. Um, that after a few seasons, honestly, you don't really miss Gareth Bale. Uh, because of the development that they brought in, the growth that they brought in. And you can make the argument, Dortmund kind of already did that last summer and the few summers before that when they sold, you know, uh, Gunuan and so on, Mkhitaryan. But it took a few seasons for Spurs to come back. But, you know, last season, I mean, two seasons in a row, they got kind of unlucky that two other teams were just hotter than them. Um, but they are a, a title contender in an incredibly competitive league. So there, there is a world, real world example where you sell your best, best player. And I don't think Dembele is Dortmund's best, best player, but in that case, they did for a, an extremely high sum of money. And it took a couple of seasons to bounce back, but they did. And they are significantly better and healthier because of it. So that's, that's my last argument for a potential why it could make sense. Yeah. I had. I had those uh, arguments on Twitter as well, and someone brought that up. I think that's a, that's a fair point, obviously, but I see a big difference between between Spurs and Dortmund in that case. That um, after selling Bale, Spurs didn't make the Champions League for two years in a row, right? Yeah, like they they finished sixth yes. and fifth or something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Dortmund wouldn't get through that like Spurs did. Um, well, obviously, well, obviously well, the you, Premier League is more competitive. Well, and, you also can't forget they had crap managers for a couple of years in there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's also another counter argument uh, against like the Bay of Fury. I get you, got you four words: Liverpool after selling Suarez. Yeah, yeah. There, there are loads of teams who basically took the wrong turn after selling one of their big stars as well or after losing one i remember there was a club they uh, they brought in ramos and immobile <laughs> yeah that is i remember i can't remember the name of the club but i remember there was a club yeah i mean 
it's all down to I I, I still think uh, if Dortmund sell Dembele and get exactly the right players to replace him and maybe fix the right back spot, it still can be. They, they, I don't. I don't think they will be as good as they could be with Dembele this season, but they might be better in the future. But what I'm, what I'm talking about with the risk evaluation, it's just so risky that you completely miss a transfer, like they did with Schürrle, like they did with Rode, um, like they did with Immobile, uh, Ramos, kind of, um, and then it's a complete bust, and then you're basically, you know, effed, and. I still think they they have a good chance of making the top four, but it's not guaranteed. And it's obviously it's even even if it then be the stays, it's not guaranteed. But it's it, it obviously it gets it gets harder to um, achieve your goals if you lose one of your best players or maybe even the best player. And as, yeah, and like Stefan said, maybe you can look at winning the the championship at, in one of those years when Bayern struggle and. Selling Dembele wouldn't be a good look, I think. Silence. Is everyone gone? No, no. I think we're waiting on our host. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, how he's, he, he's just fixing the us. he's just <laughs> fixing the kitchen. Everything is going well. You, you can hear yeah. me now, right? Yeah. Come here. Come here. Just come here. Come, <laughs> come here, here, Stefan. Anywho, come here. Come back. Sit, come sit, back into sit, the podcast. If if I may throw in one question, um Matthias, uh and I think that's that's yeah. the, the biggest fear most Dortmund fans have right now is that Dortmund actually cannot handle big fee transfers. Because name me one Dortmund transfer from the last five years where Dortmund spent more than twenty millions that actually was a hit. Mkhitaryan, kind of. Yeah, but he flopped two years and then he was a yeah. hit. Does yeah. that count? I don't know if flopping two years is entirely fair. Yeah, but, I mean... but considering the expectations and the potential that Mkhitaryan obviously has. He, yeah, but you can't forget he came from the Ukrainian league. Um, yeah. yeah, but we, ha we would have to do something similar now. Look at the transfer market. Even average yeah, players cost insane money and it's august it's august that's that's one big thing about but that. i didn't Not want to discuss about mkhitaryan yeah. i wanted to know if uh you matthias or anyone else here has the confidence that uh, Borussia Dortmund's big decision makers actually can make the right decisions when it comes to uh yeah big transfer moves Well, I mean, it's it's hard to judge at this point because we really haven't been in a position where we can throw out 20, 30, 40, 50 million uh, at a player for very long. I mean, uh, the the year Mkhitaryan came in, that was kind of an anomaly. Um, and if you think back just to Klopp's first season, I I'm trying to remember, I don't even think we spent one cent on new players. And that wasn't that long ago. I mean, we're going back eight years, you know, so the club has to get used to being in this, I'm not going to say nouveau riche environment, but it is to a certain degree. And, uh, you know, the, the overinflated market when a good player goes to a, an English second tier side for crazy money, um, it, It's hard to gauge, you know. I think 
the bigger money transfers that Dortmund have made, you know, over, I don't even know if 20 million is a big money transfer right now anymore, <laughs> but let's say 20, 30 million and more, we still have to wait and see. I mean, I, I'm still going to wait and see on Schule because honestly, he hasn't really played that much. He's been injured more than he's played, it seems. So we'll have to kind of wait and see on those. So the, for me, the judgment is still out on that, uh, whether, whether it's good or not. Obviously, we do really well in finding bargains. Um, but, uh, Maximilian Philipp was what, 23 million? Was it 20, 20, 20, 20 million? 20 flat. Well, as you just said, the counter argument for my devious question now is basically even if Dortmund buy three players and spend big on one, the, the probability of, uh, the other two quote unquote cheap gems is that, uh, yeah, one of them is a hit as it was uh, with the five players they brought in after selling Hummels, Mkhitaryan and uh, Gunnar. I mean, you can see that even Götze and, and Schüller didn't work out perfectly, but they were at least in Bele, Batra and Guerrero, where you can say that worked out better, right? So, yeah, that's, that is well, basically yeah, the counter-argument. However, the, the question I wanted to ask Konstantin now, <laughs> sorry, Matthias, is... Uh, that's okay. Who do Dortmund bring in if they have to bring someone in? Um, yeah, realis- realistically, um, looking at the market and the options you and may have... And the wage have. structure Dortmund has and, 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 and the wage structure, yeah, but, but especially, uh, you know, just at the options you, you have right now. I mean, it's um, it's three weeks uh, prior to, you know, the, the um, clo- closing of the window and also the season starts in, in a week and uh, everything that's going down right now. I mean, considering that... Um, well, I don't make friends with that uh, statement, but Julian, Julian Traxler <laughs> from, from Paris Saint-Germain because Paris has to sell a few players because they are batshit crazy and just signed uh, Neymar. They are about to sign Neymar. Yes, it's more complicated than we think. but uh, And they will pr- also um, uh, sign Mepape, probably. Um, so they have to sell a few players. Uh, Traxler has performed very well at at Paris. Um, just, you know, he's one of the guys who has to leave, probably, because they have to sell a few players. Uh, and when you look at it, I think he was um, sold for 45 million to Wolfsburg, and then he went for 40-something million to Paris. So let's say 50 million, and you can have it. You can have the package. Um, yeah, I think Julian Traxler would be an interesting signing um, because he's someone, you know, you don't have to build him up. He's there. He knows the Bundesliga. He's he's a, he, is the, he was the captain of the German team at the Confed Cup. I know, it's just the Confed Cup, but still. Um, it's something where a player like him can grow. And I think there are a few, or at least a few, if not many, um, bright, promising years ahead of him. And uh, I think they... I mean, they were interested in Traxler. They wanted to sign him when Götze uh, made the move to Bayern. So, uh, I mean, we don't have to kid ourselves. Uh, it's not like they wouldn't touch him because he has a Schalke past. They would touch him. And they would like... I, I think I think Watzke and Zorc and Bosch, they uh, would at least consider, you know, signing him. Um, yeah, and other, other than Traxler, I don't really have any any ideas. Because, I mean, it has, it has to be a player who can adjust to the Bundesliga very well or very quickly. Um, it has to be a player who's ready. 
Um, so, I mean, Truxler is one. Of course, True and Brand would be another one if you, you know, just throw uh, shitloads of money um, at, at Leverkusen. But, I mean, they already sold a few uh, key players. Um, so, I don't know if that's possible to get Brand. Yeah, we, we, we know Leverkusen and Rudi Feller are reluctant to sell players to Dortmund. Finally, we can, can get Bellarabi. Yes. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, sure. That that would be a great signing to get Bellarabi. Yes, get just, an expensive just, Emre Moore. Good. Just, yeah, well, <laughs> and, and, yeah, great. Make, no, no. make Tuchel really mad. That right, right, right yeah. yeah. Just, just you know, kick him right in the nuts just, you know, for the sake of it. Um, signed Bellarabi now. No, but I think Truxler would be uh, the best option right now. And, and, I mean, just for the Dortmund fans who are, you know, a little bit... Uh, if he about that he has a Schalke pass and he's a Schalke boy just you know that's professional football and just deal with it <laughs> if it yeah, happens we, I mean it's just you know we signed Jens Lehmann Matthias right. would you uh, have nice trucks go around Gelsenkirchen with uh, Julian Draxler in black and yellow on it and say with the passion and uh, spirit until I don't know 2022 or whatever <laughs> just to get back at them is that um, anything you would do? <laughs> I don't know. Sending it around Schalke wouldn't make a lot of sense. Uh, you'd have to send it to Hannover because that's where Horst Held is now. So, um, you know, I, that's not something that a Christian Heidel would have done. So, but it, it, it would be funny. It would be amusing. Uh, you know, it's also I'd, a bit childish, right? I mean, well, of course it'd be but childish, that's but that's the whole point of a rivalry. Well, but, but Dortmund is, ab- is above them. I mean, we talk about Schalke. Well, they're funny and in, into its in into its own, but no, I I have to uh, totally agree with Konstantin that Julian Draxler would be brilliant because then you would actually, in my opinion, bring in an upgrade over um, uh, Dembele because he's a more finished player. He has more an eye. He doesn't just try to trick on occasions because you saw that against Bayern when Dembele moved a little bit further up the pitch and towards the corner they doubled him right away and he lost the ball more often than not so clubs are starting to understand how to work with Dembele good clubs uh, like like Bayern so and I think Draxler could offer a few more creative solutions and situations like so that. So I guess you didn't watch the Confed Cup where uh, Julian Draxler won uh, 800 step overs award <laughs> because he tried 10 million tricks with every time he got the ball but maybe just just uh, what he did at the but Confed Cup. It's but the Confed were, Cup. But you were, yeah and you were still effective and and uh, to add at one point he's more of a playmaker guy I, yeah I know he's a winger but he's like a winger playmaker hybrid, so you can feel them as a number ten. You can feel them on the right, on the left. Um, so there are a few more options, I think. I mean, of course, Dembélé could also play in center midfield. But uh, yeah, I mean, Truxler, I hope they consider making an offer for him. Maybe even they they right now make an offer uh, and just wait for his answer. Could but be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree that he's he'd be an upgrade on Dembélé. I don't. He's a different player. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Dembele, with the way our the team is playing right now, um, I think they kind of need someone who can make a difference in the final third. And even last season when it didn't went well, um, and I mean the possession game wasn't always amazing under Tuchel last season. They often just went to oh 
let's give Dembele the ball in the final third and let's see what he can do with it. And yes, sometimes teams can take him out of the game for like 80 minutes, like Bayern did in the cup semi-final, but then he assisted a goal and scored a goal. And that's what he can do. And I'm not sure Draxler is that kind of guy who produces special moments like that. Um, like Dembele basically does every game at least once. Yeah, it was always the criticism about Draxler that he, he only performs well when the rest around him does. That as well. But I don't know how much it has changed since because I haven't watched PSG too closely. I mean, of course, his, his uh, great performance is you know, dependent to some extent um, on, on the team performance. But I, most players um, perform better uh, when the team performs well. And I think... Of course, he's a player who needs a team around him, but he's also a player, just like Mario Götze, by the way, who who can you know solve problems, you know, do these little things right, and also has some great moments here and there. Um, so especially the pairing Götze Truxler could be something, could be something incredible. Um, Pulisic Götze Truxler, but especially Götze and Truxler uh, behind Aubameyang. All right then, yeah. I I mean, I also host the show better when. Uh... The pundits on here are clever, so that's why. That's why. That's why. That's so that's why I'm doing such a good job today. Um, <laughs> no, but in in all seriousness, um, I I think it's an interesting discussion. So, um, yeah, before we we leave this topic for another week <laughs> and see if it's still hot or not, then uh, I will ask every one of you now if they actually think that Dortmund will uh, go through with it and sell Dembele or not. Starting first with Matthias, do you think? There will be a transfer or no? Huh. Um, if uh, Barcelona sign Coutinho, Dembele will not go. If Barcelona don't sign Coutinho, I'd say there's a better than 50% chance that Dembele will go. All right, let's continue with uh, Constantine. Yeah, I mean, at the end, I've. I think Barcelona will um, sign both players and Dortmund will at least sign one, make at least one big signing. All right, we'll check back, of course, with the answers next week. So, Luca, you you also uh, <laughs> give in your two cents now. I have this bad feeling that either Dembele goes to Barcelona or Coutinho goes to Barcelona and Pulisic goes to Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> or, or maybe maybe Pulisic goes to Liverpool, then Bele goes to Barcelona, and yeah, Roman, Roman Burki goes to Schalke <laughs> and whatever. No, <laughs> no, but um, they, I mean, I think if Liverpool sell continue, they would have to have a backup plan, and I think that backup plan is Pulisic. I don't think we will let Pulisic go, so I think then Bele to Barcelona has happened. Aha, uh -huh. well, yeah, <laughs> we, we will <laughs> see next week. Complicated. Anywho, we will uh, most likely sell Emre Moore because he was not part of the BL Media Day as uh, Dortmund more or less let him go to, uh, I don't know, have a medical at Inter or whatnot, or is it Fiorentina? I haven't followed the rumors, but uh, yeah, it's very likely that he is out the door. So uh, after discussing whether Dembele uh, will go or not go, yeah, it's a bit more definite on uh, Emre Moore. Matthias, you already called him a failure, so or or the transfer or whatnot. So uh, 
please elaborate why it's a good idea now to sell Emre more. Um, I don't even remember the fee we paid for him. I don't know if one of you could refresh my memory. Um, I think but, it was eight and a half, but I could be. Yeah, slightly sounds about right. Slightly below. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay, so there'll be a net profit on it, uh, which is always nice. Uh, but <laughs> he had he. Net. I mean, if you, it's, yeah, it's it's net. Well, it's it's interesting when you see that you had three teenagers really come into the first team squad last year with Dembele, Pulisic, and Moa, and to have two out of those three develop so rapidly so well and have such good seasons um you know three out of three would have been amazing but a little utopic someone was obviously going to fall behind especially with Royce coming back blah 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 anyway um he just has a low football IQ in my opinion all too often he'd get the ball make a few moves and lose the ball I mean, he he is more of a YouTube footballer in that sense. He has all the raw technical ability in the world to be amazing. But when it comes to playing in a cohesive, tactical shape for a quality club against quality opposition um, in a quality league, he just isn't, isn't good enough. And if he goes to Inter, where he's going to be going up against, on average, better defensive units. I don't even know if he's going to be able to do it there. I think he would be better off going to a league like Portugal um, than than Italy. But, you know, that's his decision. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter to Dortmund. You know, if someone's going to pay 15 million for him, go for it. Um, so that that's my opinion on him. Great raw ability, not a lot of football IQ. All right. Constantine, anything to add? Do you regret no, this but, transfer? But Oh, no, no, no. But, um, I mean, talking about football IQ, maybe, I mean, if you believe some of this uh, reports from, you know, backstage reports, so to say, uh, maybe we should scratch the football. Uh, so, yeah, whatever. Did the joke come across or what's I, going I, on? I got it. Yeah, all right. At least one guy. Um, <laughs> no, so... Um, I think yeah, we have it, all the IQ to understand that joke, Constantine. I don't really know. I mean, there's <laughs> too much silence going on right now. I just, but then the guy from Berlin, you know, just saved the day. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if, if after one year you should give up on him. If there, I, I don't know if there was an option to, um, you know, send him to a club and then, um, you know, loan deal and then uh, get him back after after a year or so. Um, because there is raw talent and there is there are possibilities to, to educate a player um i think one of the cases um i observed uh is is uh, frank Aubry, actually i mean he wasn't like an intelligent uh, a player of high football iq years ago but you know he developed at least to some extent uh which made him a great player um think about what you want think about his personality what you want but uh, he he at least was a great player for years um so yeah i don't know if it's the right move but maybe he just has so much heat uh, within the club uh, going on that yeah it's just uh it's better to sell him i i don't know i don't know the in internal things but um at least in this regard so maybe it's the right move i don't know it's just i just wanted to you know throw in the the football iq joke <laughs> wow, five five minute speech. 
uh, but it is a bit uh, frustrating um even if we made profit on them that you know last season was a big revolution we'll sign all those young talents and now after one season we get rid of Marino permanently or alone but it will be permanent and more the same and all those mediocre let's say mediocre players who are still here who obviously nobody really has an interest in are still there and that's a bit annoying but yeah yeah i understand i understand the sentiment however i think it's it's just uh Normal Dortmund, because uh, let's not forget, for every uh, Dembele there is more, for every Julian Weigel there is um, Januzaj and so on and so forth. I mean, we can throw in Bittencourt or Leitner or even Hofmann, all young, talented players that uh, in the end did not make it and had to go elsewhere. So that's that's just normal, I guess. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Since Lars is not here, I still have no idea who Dortmund are going to play on Saturday in the German Cup. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I think it's Rila singing or something in that regard. So, Konstantin, uh, since you are usually go-to guy, if none of us have any clue on the players uh, of a, a team whatsoever, uh, yeah, maybe you can save our bacon here. But since there is six league division team, I'm not really sure if you can. Uh, say too much on them but uh, we still have to preview that game so Constantine go ahead and say something smart no one will know if it's right or wrong yeah um, I mean promising team um, just you know uh, had a draw on the first match day um, but I don't think they will uh, be a big of a hurdle uh, against Dortmund uh, was it smart enough I don't know I mean that the, here's, here's the thing here's the problem <laughs> I <laughs> I, I can I can Y scout and Instat and Opta scout a lot of teams, but there are six division teams, so that's even possible for uh, me to watch them. I don't. I mean, they have two players on transfer market with an ex actually market value. Maybe they are good. They have one guy from Unterharing. We are, we are losing five now. Huh? When they have guys on transfer market with a transfer value, they. Or market value. Yeah. Market value. Yeah. I, I, All right. I, let I, me I, put a stop to that nonsense, Matthias. Let's focus on Borussia <laughs> Dortmund. Uh, how do you think they will line up on, on Saturday? How do you think, uh, yeah, they will look in what kind of shape one week after the Super Cup? Do you think uh, Dortmund will be in even better shape? Although it's probably going to, going hard to be, uh, it's, it's hard to judge. <laughs> Against the sixth division team, but do you think there are any takeaways Dortmund may have from that game whatsoever? I I wouldn't be surprised if Dortmund lined up in a not all too or in a relatively similar fashion as they did against Erfurt, uh, just because they know there are going to be a lot of miles put on players' legs. But it's a great opportunity to also fine tune more on the tactical side. So even though I don't think it'll be The full strength, number one, 11. Uh, I, I don't think I would risk that necessarily. Um, I, I, I think there will be a few players that, uh, you know, I think like Dahoud probably start and then get subbed at halftime and maybe treated like a preseason friendly in certain regards. So, um, yeah, I, some guys will definitely, definitely get a rest. I think it's important for, 
the defense to play together, the entire back four and keeper. I'm always a big fan of that. The more you play together, the more familiarity you have, the better you will be. And I would actually like to see Obama Young play because it's always important for strikers to get into a scoring rhythm. Yeah. Same can be accounted for Dembele, who will definitely play, right? So, <laughs> anywho, uh, prediction time. Uh, Luca, you already said five mil. Is that what you will actually predict? Uh, I don't even know which team we are playing, so 2 0 for Dortmund. All right. First cup round, Konstantin will Dortmund concede from a set piece and then uh, fail to score for 90 minutes. Uh, no, I think 6 0. All right. Cool. I say 5 0, Matthias. Um, let's go seven one. <laughs> Whoa! Let's 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 get a, a an own goal in there. Oh, okay. I, I just wanted to ask who's the guy who uh, score. <laughs> yeah, then 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 Bela off of the kickoff. Just first dribbles, dribbles past everyone. No, no, no he just gets the ball and just uh, you know knocks it behind uh, Berkey. Right. All right. With that, uh, we can end the show. <laughs> It was a pleasure as always, guys. So, um, Konstantin, where can people find you on the internet? Um, on Twitter, mostly. Uh, CC underscore E-C-K-N-E-R, as usual. Um, and, of course, I mean, they can check out Spielverlagerung, Spielverlagerung.com and Spielverlagerung.de. That's free Spielverlagerung. No, they can check out Spielverlagerung and the, uh, actually URLs are Spielverlagerung.com <laughs> and Spielverlagerung.de. Just don't get me going. Yeah, just go ahead. All right. Uh, yeah. Th thank you, Konstantin, for joining until next week or so. Luca, I hope you will be a more regular guest on this podcast again soon. So um, in the meantime, where can people find you on the internet? At Luca Gill on Twitter. Perfect. Matthias? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Matthias Suk, and thankfully there was no uh, no thunderstorm, so I was here for the whole thing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> hope hope that uh, also becomes a regular thing. <laughs> and, uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, yeah. But you never know. I mean, there have been climate re reports coming out from uh, the American government, but has it been publicized yet, Matthias? I don't know. I've tuned off politics since about last summer so why? who knows why I, I, I <laughs> why why i actually thought that uh, uh, christian pulisic is the guy who saves america from a nuclear war with north korea no they still think they still think that's clint dempsey so ah, all right oh yeah, yeah yeah it's not pulisic yet it's captain america yeah okay cool you can find me at stefan woods go read my stuff on espn fc and uh Occasionally, The Yellow Wall, where you can find everything. For Constantine, you can find The Yellow Wall on yellowwallpod.com and on tywwwbundesligalaunch.com.else. Matthias, do you want to do the rest of the outro because I have to sneeze? <laughs> um, of course, you could. That sounded more like a cough. Yeah. Uh, of course, you can. Uh, uh, yeah. You need to learn how to mute. Come here. Come here. Um, you can uh, follow, uh, get in touch with us all on Facebook, Yellow Wall Pod, as well as on Twitter at Yellow Wall Pod. 
And as my dog is telling me he needs to go outside, I think we need to end this now. Okay, bye. So, <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>